Hello again, and welcome to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we confess with St. John saying, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Lemke. And I'm Pastor Eric Brown. And these are the first words I've really said this morning, so I've got that nice, deep, hoarse voice going on. So I'm enjoying my new co-host, Barry White. Yeah, <laughs> feels that way. I don't know someone who's alive today who's got that really deep, sonorous voice. James Earl Jones, Darth Vader is our special guest host. There you go. Uh, so, anything up in, in life or new before we, we dive into the text? Anything of, of fun? Uh, we hit my son's first birthday here last week. That was cool. Oh, yeah. That was a little milestone. That'll never happen again. We're, uh, we're, if you hear any skedaddly noises in the background, we are in our last week of preschool here. And so there's a double class load today as they're prepping for graduation. So, so the walls that normally keep some sound out are having to keep out even more sound out. Uh, so, so, so it'll be fun. No, no tramp of young children's marching feet or something like that. So. <laughs> okay. But, uh. All right, well, we're in John chapter 13, mm-hmm. and this is, uh, again, the uh, just to remind you what John does. Uh, when it gets to Monday, Thursday, John doesn't really end up spending a, uh, a lot of time going over the institution of the Lord's Supper. In fact, he doesn't even directly address it. But what he does is he spends chapters 13 through 17 basically going over the conversations that Jesus had with the disciples in the upper room. So we get to, John kind of pulls back the curtain and lets us hear all the talks that going that is going on. We Last time we had a Jesus watching the disciples' feet, and we're going to be continuing on from there. Perfect. So, all right. Uh, so let's trip on into uh, stuff going on at verse uh, 21. Okay. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. Sorry, right, just, just, just pause there. Sure. So so you've got this thing, and Jesus has just already done the, the foot washing, which was a weird object lesson to start with. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. remember, the whole context of this is you have the Passover dinner. If anything, everything should be rote and routine, and we've got this good order. Uh, the You might have heard the, the Passover meal referred to as the seder. Mm-hmm. Well, seder is the, the Hebrew word for order. It, it's the word for the liturgy. It's the way, This is the way we normally do, and suddenly... Jesus just threw a curveball in with 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 the foot washing thing, and that was kind of odd. And 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 now, suddenly says one of us is going to betray him again. Not normal part of the 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 routine. And so they're they're off balance. And I I just like the the humanity of this, where 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 Peter kind of leans over to John and says, John, you got any clue what he's talking about? <laughs> I, I'm kind of weird. I mean, you can get just that that sense of how disturbing or dissettling this idea. Now, I will ask you, Thomas, okay. should the idea that Jesus is going to be betrayed and handed over be really that disturbing to them? Well, I mean, no, it should be kind of part and parcel. I mean, betrayed by one of, one of those present may be, yes, disturbing. The general idea that there would be someone out there who would turn 
No, not not necessarily, considering the context and the the recent happenings. So, I mean, the the the, the idea, the the point is that they they should know that this is all coming up. That that Jesus has been teaching them over and over again. That that now things are coming to the head, but they really haven't quite bought it yet. They haven't really said, yeah, yeah, th- this is all going to happen. So really what we're getting in these chapters are are Jesus kind of slowly and repeatedly and, and building the disciples up into the, yeah, you know, 24 hours from now, guys, I'm going to be in the tomb. That, 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 that's something. And, and things are going to be a little bit different after that. And here's how you guys are going to go transition. And so... Do you have any other thoughts on that little chunk? I, I will uh, on the chunks coming up, I think. But I like okay. how you, you point out the little conversation between Peter and John that's taking place here. <laughs> well, it's just one of those nice points of utter realism uh, that that I, I love about the scriptures. I mean, it's uh, dude, you, do do you know what he's talking about? I mean, that that's just one of those nice little honest details. That's just John saying, "Listen, I I was lost, and Peter was lost." I mean. Everyone was lost, so so don't don't think this is. Yeah, I knew what was going on. No, 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 no. We were all lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, all right. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, "Lord, who is it?" Jesus answered, "It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it." So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he had said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately excuse me, immediately went out, and it was night. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so, what what make you of of that happy little uh, exchange? Are, you you have John the bold one going. All right, Jesus, what what are you talking about? A- and then you have basically Jesus saying, "All right, here you go. Take take your bread and go do what you need to do." Uh, is it that things are happening so quickly here that it just goes over everyone's head? Because he, he explicitly says, I'm going to hand this to my betrayer, as, as right. much as I can tell. He hands right. it to Judas, and then everybody thinks, oh, he's going to go donate to the poor. That's so nice. Now, now, now let, let me bring up some, some punnage okay. in the, the Greek. Okay, cool. Um, you, and, and you set it up really well by saying he hands over the bread. Mm-hmm. Thomas, from your Greek days under my tutelage, do yes. you remember what that word for betray is? You know, I don't. It is paradoso, okay. or parodidomi, which, which to hand literally, over, right. literally is to, to give along, to pass along. Yes. To hand over. It, it, the, the Latin version of, of it is tradition. Right. Tra is a cross and ditto is give. So, so... The word to betray can also mean to pass along. Okay. Okay. So, so it's almost one where where you could almost do this. Uh, well, well, okay. Well, well, oh, well, it's Judas, the money guy. Well, maybe he just wants Judas to tradition to pass along some money to the poor people, or or to to pass. So, so it's almost one where it's like, 
Oh, okay. We we thought that might have been bad, but no, no. <laughs> this is over in Judas's hands. I mean, he's the trustworthy one. We 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 let him handle the money. This this is all good. Gotcha, gotcha. So, There's some so, ambiguity, so, if if it as it were. So, well, I mean, it, Jesus. It, it it's clear that Jesus, because he he's sorrowful, and normally Jesus isn't sorrowful about spending money. Fair. <laughs> but. but I, I mean, he he's bothered, and they all get that it, it's okay. This is this is gonna be, oh, may, may, maybe he just meant this. So it's sort of like a a, a fleeting hope of putting the best construction on things yeah. and saying, oh, okay, all right. Well, well, whew, we we thought things were really gonna go sideways, <laughs> but now that Judas is on hand to take care of things, this is all good. Right, right. No, you would have thought Thomas for sure. That scoundrel. Right, right. I, yeah, <laughs> you, you don't. You don't set the twin to do it. I mean, no. that, that's just—he doesn't know what. And you have Judas leave. Uh-huh. So basically, what you have here is is the rest of the evening. You're really going to be getting such a, a great detailed focus on on what the life of the church is going to be after Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension. And Judas is gone for it because you know you're not part of that life, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go do what you got to do. Bleh, bleh. <laughs> So, any other thoughts there on that? There's a, a certain note here. I, I would think, considering, again, the context, Passover Seder and all this stuff that's happening, maybe this would be self-evident. But John adds it anyway. He says, and it was night. Any particular significance there? Well, remember, too, with, with, with the Gospel of John, you do have Jesus being the light, mm-hmm. the light of the world. That's a major theme. And so you do get that contrast when when you have Satan entering into the scene and doing stuff, and when does it happen? At night, because that's when the wickedness does stuff. Mm-hmm. So so that that's almost John kind of just bringing up. Now, even as I'm going all nice and and mundane, even as I'm bringing out the 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 simple little details like Peter whispering in my ear and stuff like that. Remember, we are dealing with epic realities. We are dealing with 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 world-shattering realities. So what you have here in this same little passage is both the 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 simple mundane this this really happened, but also look, there is something going on on a a, a cosmic, a, 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 a massive, overarching meta sort of level. Okay. So so that kind of work how you get this, this mm-hmm. beautiful contrast going in there. Definitely. Okay. With a couple minutes left, I think we can get into the next uh, section here. All right. If How about you do uh, 31 through 35? We'll try and do the whole thing. Okay. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Oh, I, I, you know, I think we're going to end up talking about this one past the break, Thomas. (laughs) Because we're getting to this big thing. You have Jesus saying, all right, the glory is coming. And the glory here is I'm, I'm going to be crucified. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you guys aren't coming along with me yet. You know, uh, I, 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 is, is it John's gospel where, where one says, yes, let us go and die with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. You will, but not yet. Not yet. The, this, the, the, this, is, this is my Friday. Y'all, y'all, y'all can have your own later on. Mm-hmm. 
but you have this Jesus is getting up to go. He, he is preparing to be glorified, to go into death and resurrection. And he sets up as the thing. All right, here it is. Here's the new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That is a profound statement. As we go to break, what is love, Thomas? What is love? Let's talk about that after the break. And we're back on the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we're to our happy new segment, This Backwards Life where uh, we will uh, be looking at, at normal, common, everyday phrases tossed out by Christians that we know, that we think about, but we're going to be looking at them backwardsly, going to look at them, tear, take them apart, take a new angle at them, and again, see what we can learn from them. So, Thomas, do you have our, our topic, our saying, our statement for the backwards life today? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the backwards thing that I will ask you to, to pick up on is the the reality or the, the thought process that says Christians should not be greedy. You need to be happy with what you have. Christians should not be greedy, but rather happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. The whole bloom where you're planted thing, I guess. You, you, there's a million ways you could take that. Hmm. Well, now, now for, first of all, I, I will definitely agree if the Christian should not be greedy, and 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 if you mean content with what you have, I, I'll, I'll 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 take it. Can I change it to content? Okay, sure. All right. Okay. So so Christians should not be greedy; they should be content with what they have. Now, here's I'm going to take this at a backwards approach. the The idea there with greed is is the idea of of acquiring more, pulling in more. And rather, instead of trying to pull in more, you you should be just content with what you have. Now, the focus there is upon what you have. Let me ask you, O Thomas, O steward of God's many gifts that he has given to you, is your job as a Christian to have? Hmm, that's an interesting construction. I I guess it assumes its own answer, so no. (laughs) You're right, because why do you have stuff? Do you have stuff for your own good, or are you given things? Are you made stewards of various gifts from God for the sake of your neighbor? I suppose you... There's there's an aspect to which you could say both insofar as give us this day our daily bread is a thing. Mm -hmm. But yes, the, the overarching theme would be for for service of neighbor um um let, let me try and find it oh um, um um the there is the passage where it says that the uh the minister is worthy of the double wage mm-hmm. right why, why why is the worker worthy of the double wage so that he can give it away mm-hmm. to those in need uh, part of the point of that we have is that God does not give us money and gifts and stuff to hoard them for our own use, but so that we can show love to our neighbor. In fact, oh, in fact, here's the assumption. We, I'll tie this into what we just talked about. Where's Judas often going? Well, okay, well, maybe he's going off giving money to the poor. 
Fair enough. That, that's assumed to be a totally rational, commonplace thing. I mean, you even have Judas complain, oh, that's going to have been given to the poor. Dude, she's doing a beautiful thing to me. That that just... just this So this is not saying never do anything nice for yourself or what have you, but, but fundamental to our Christian life is not just, I will be content with what I have, but rather, why do you have what you have? Part of the reason why you receive things coming into you is to take care of others. Thomas, what is, if I, if I use this phrase, first fruits giving, what does that mean? Only the giving of those things which you receive in compensation for your labor or through some other means, uh, I guess the first of that to God, right? That, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the idea, this like. is something that I, yeah. I go over with, with folks for just marriage counseling, planning out life. You know, one of the things that is good is when you're planning out a budget, you give to God first. Part of your responsibility as a Christian is to set aside some of what you have coming in for the maintenance of God's church. And you know, this is this is like Genesis chapter four stuff. You'd, Cain just picks out some stuff at the end, and that's not good. Abel gives of his best. Yay! Plan it out first. In fact, one of the things I, I often will recommend, and this is just my own recommendation, is not thus saith the Lord. Pick an amount, put that to God. Pick an amount, put that to savings. Pick an amount and put that to rainy day fund and then live off the rest. Mm-hmm. And what that does, I mean, if just if, if the first thing you do with money that you get is give some of it away, it's much harder for money to become the master or ruler over you. Right. But, but it's not just that, that you shouldn't be greedy. It's that the opposite of being greedy, of taking things in, is not contentment. The opposite of being greedy is being generous. So so when you have things that are given to you, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's talents, think of ways in which you can be generous and use those for the benefit of your neighbor. Do you know why? Hey, what was the last uh, last two sentences we had read? Because we're going to jump back to John here. Do you like we're good? We're, do you like this transition? Oh, beautiful, this, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Reread uh, thirty four and thirty five. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, that word for love there is based off of agape. Can you, can you remind me? I like this. I get to randomly test. <laughs> what, 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 what is the emblem of agape? I don't know about emblem, but it's, it's that self-giving, almost altruistic sense of love as opposed to the, the eros sense or philos, etc. Right. In, in Greek, they have multiple words for love. Eros is where we get the word erotic from. It's basically your, your lust, your fleshly love. Uh, philos is where you have in Philadelphia, it's brotherly love, it's camaraderie, it's the, the love of two equals who have bonded. Mm-hmm. And agape, which is the word that oft, most often gets used for love, is love that respect that expects nothing in return. In fact, love that is often given to one who cannot repay. Mm-hmm. And so, so the idea there is really it almost comes up with that idea of service. Sometimes in Latin, it's translated as caritas, from which we get care, from which we get charity. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea here is is first and foremost fundamental to this idea of 
loving your neighbor is the idea of service. It's not merely a matter of attitude. Have a chipper attitude towards people. <laughs> Compliment Pastor Brown on his new haircut. How come you didn't say anything nice about my haircut, Thomas? I didn't know if it was new. You didn't even notice my haircut? <laughs> oh, no, 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 we're not. That, that's not what we're talking about. To show love is to serve. But here's the nuance I want to bring in. We, we often, when we talk about love, talk about service to the neighbor. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's good. I, I, I love my son, therefore I change a diaper. Behold my service to my neighbor. Yay! However, know what Jesus says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Kathos, in the same way, according to, following after how I loved you. So how exactly, what does Christ's service to you look like, Thomas? Well, in the agape sense, again, doing something for one who cannot repay, he died, he suffered, he... Go on, go on. He rose, I mean, he, he enjoined us to himself in, in his death and resurrection, and, and human experience for that matter. He condescended to be born a man. In his love for you, the chief demonstration of that is precisely what he's going to. Going to the cross to suffer and die. Why? So that you are forgiven and that you have life. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name, right? Mm -hmm. So, when we think about this love one another, this is also directly tied, even though we don't normally make it, because we want to almost put, put love off into something different than, than, than the theological stuff, it's directly tied to forgiveness. Can you think of places where love and forgiveness are directly tied? Love and forgiveness are directly places in Scripture, places yes, in the... places oh, okay. in Scripture. Um, I, I've got a phrase I'm going to go, and I'll start it, and you can finish the sentence, and you, you'll make that connection, but I want to see if anything else triggers up to you. I mean, that there was the what, whole God... It's a positive thing. Right? <laughs> God showed his love in, in this that he... Or, or was it Christ showed... Hang it, not... I know where you. I, I think well, that's I know where Romans you're going, five. That wasn't where I was going to go, but that's a great one. For How's God's the love for us in this? That while we were yet sinners, that Christ, Christ died, died for us. For us. Yeah, that, that's, that's the one. Totally that's the one. forgiveness type of language, and that that love goes directly to forgiveness. And so often we think about this this text. All right, here's the new commandment. Now you love each other, so now go out and do service projects or whatever you are. <laughs> no, no, no. There's still that strong forgiveness overtone, especially as he's getting up and going to the cross. Now, now, ready, ready for the one I want you to finish? Sure. Love covers a... Multitude of sins. Think about that. Think, think about how... Because that, that's actually how James finishes his epistle. Mm -hmm. Law bomb James finishes <laughs> with... Yeah, re restore the sinner. Restore him. And remember, love covers a multitude of sin. If you want to think about the practical effects of what love is... Love is undoing the impact of the fall, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's seeing hardship and terror and trouble in the world and saying, here, let me help you. I will make your life better and I will lessen the impact of the fall. Mm -hmm. 
Love is covering sin. It's taking the consequences of it and trying to take them away. I hear a lot about how today, oh, well, you know, sin has consequences and people just have to deal with the consequences of sin. Actually, my, my job is to cover the consequences of sin. For example, are, are you ready? Let us say, Thomas, you do something foolish. Okay. And anger your wife. Before. Oh, <laughs> that's certainly never happened before. Where, where she is appropriately kind of put out with you. Mm -hmm. Now, in both my love for you and your wife, should I fan into flame this anger that you deserve because... You know, she needs to just beat you over the head or otherwise. Or, or, or should I try to lessen the consequences of your sin, i.e. calm down the anger and, you know, kind of explain things in the kindest way, put Perf the best instruction on things. Perform the role uh, of a mediator. Ooh. Walk into the tent backwards and cover <laughs> right. I, I mean, the, the, the idea is, is, you know, Sin is bad, we get that, but but as as those who are in Christ, Christ came to defeat and deal with sin. So our, our job is to kind of go and and put it to bed, to cover it, to to forgive it, to stamp it out. And and as we're still in this fallen world where, where sin and stuff just pops up even and, and will continue until Christ comes again, we, we put it down. If I look at someone who is made bad decisions bad financial decisions and it is broke does that mean i don't help him eat no no i i, I cover i i cover his sin i try to 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 lessen the impacts and consequences of that sin so that's what we're doing we are showing love we are showing forgiveness we're showing mercy we are covering sin this is what christ has done for us the the consequence of sin that we deserve is what for the wages of sin is death Eternal damnation, if you want to carry it a step further. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to, I'm going to stop that. Beloved, love one another as I have loved you. <gasps> nice. And what is the reaction to this wonderful thing? We'll find out after the break. All right. And we are back once again, and we are going to continue on. In theory, oh, I, I hesitate to say this. In theory, we should finish up John chapter thirteen. Have yeah, I, I just mean, you missed not right, I, right, right? We've got okay. Here's what we're going to do: read the rest of the chapter. That'll be from verse thirty-six through thirty-eight, okay. and, and then we'll we'll discuss and see if we actually get on beyond it. Perfect. Simon Peter said to him, "Lord, where are you going?" Jesus answered him. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, here's the interesting bit if we think about this in terms of Jesus speaking to the future. You are going to love one another as I've loved you. That's going to be the future reality. I'm going to go do stuff now. Peter doesn't want to let Jesus just do the stuff now. No, no, let me show you all I'm going to do for you, Jesus. Well, no, no, Peter, that, that's not how it's going to work. One of the things I remember, one of the great little oh sayings of my, my youth, that, that just kind of 
showed a lot of the order in church. It's God's love, our response. That that's the that's the flow of things. That's the order. God loves us. Then we show forth that love out to others. It 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 has to start with God. What's Peter wanting to do here? Supplant that with his own actions and and will. No, 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 no. Let let me make it start for you. Now, now, what is the danger, especially for us sinful men, when we want to make everything start with us and our action and our love? Mm, a multitude of dangers. One of which, I mean, in the in the narcissistic sense of just taking over and making it about us. Well, think about this. Think about if you want to think about this as being the great story of Christ's redemption, uh-huh. where the, the the Lamb crucified, slain from before all eternity is coming, and He is going to win salvation. And Peter saying, "No, no, 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 no. Let me take the screen time. Let, let, <laughs> let me take over. No, 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 because you can't do what He's going to do. And and no, no, that's just that's just selfish." That's just just backwards. Uh, also with this, um, if Peter thinks, how, how's Peter going to, to participate in this whole Christian church? Is it a matter of, look what I've received from God. Look at the blessings that he has given. Look at what Christ has done for me and given to me. Or is it going to be, I will participate on the basis of, look what I'm going to do for you, Jesus. What have you done for me lately? And think, this is the order. You will love one another just as I have loved you. That just as I have loved you means that starts it. My love is going to come to you and it's going to flow out through you. That's the order. That's the way things have to work. And when Peter says, no, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to start it off, it's the rejection of God's love. It's the rejection of the plan of salvation. It's, I want to do it my way. Well, no, no, Peter, this is going to be for you and then through you and to you, but it doesn't start off with to you. And so you have this wonderfully bold and proud Peter saying, no, I am willing even to lay my life down for you. Uh, Just just as a side note, uh, does Peter end up laying down his life for Jesus' sake? I mean, yeah, we, we learn from history that he does, and he does it upside down. Yeah, he, he gets martyred. Um, but it's not salvific. And if anything, it is a response to Christ's love, not a matter of, let me demonstrate my loyalty, Jesus. I'm with you to the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, oh, Peter, that, that's kind of backwards. I, 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 I am loyal to you, and I, I'm with you to the end. In fact, you, you're, you're going to get up and run before the rooster crows. Now, Thomas, I did see that you share, shared something about the rooster crowing. Do you want to talk about that and go on that? Sure, I can, I can take that tangent. Yeah, I don't diatribe. remember the source of the article, Biblical Archaeological Review, maybe, I, something like that. Um, but it was under discussion was the fact that um, at the time this was penned, roosters were not, at least it's supposed, allowed within Jerusalem city limits because of cleanliness issues, stuff like that. So how could this be referring to a, a, a rooster, an actual honest-to-goodness bird. Um, and the article set out basically to, to prove that actually it's cockrow, which is the morning call of the temple to get up and do your thing, um, which is um, use, uses a similar language and same words and all that stuff, so it's easy to uh, 
I guess, conflate the two. But but roosters crow at the at crack of dawn, and so too cock crow, for which it's named, uh, happens at the crack of dawn where the temple people blow the, the trumpet and all that stuff. Anyway, what it is to say is that um, this is probably referring to the priest or whomever blowing a trumpet at the crack of dawn, signaling temple services beginning for the day and not an actual rooster per se. Which actually would be a little bit more more heart wrenching for poor Peter because yeah. again, you 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 have just denied the true temple, right? And then the old temple ring, ah, ah. But th- this is one of the things where where we can forget uh, figures of speech, right? And even if we don't get the the fullness of what goes on behind them, we 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 get it. it's almost like when people, well. They they said the sun stopped in the sky and, and that's clearly wrong because the earth rotates so the sun Yeah, and you still use the language of the sunset. You don't say, Ah oh, yes, behold, the, the earth has continued on its rotation and now we do <laughs> no longer see the sun. Aha no, it, it's a figure of speech. We get what it means or mm-hmm. or Oh, well, the clock struck midnight. Well, actually, it did not because you have a digital clock, sir, so there's no striking involved. Take that. <laughs> No, no. It's a neat thing. So, all right. A- anything other more of note on this? I mean, you just get Peter's backwards. I'm going to go about things and do it my way. I None personally. Then let's dive into 14. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, uh, Let, verse Let's try one. and get through, uh, through verse 6. Okay. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hey, Thomas got to talk. Yay. <laughs> but, but think about where this is at in this whole flow. Uh, you know, you're going to, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Peter jumps up and says, I will lay down my life for you. I'm going to do everything. No, 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 no. Look, relax. Don't, don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. Don't trust in yourself, Peter. L- look at this. It's going to work out. It's going to be freaky. I, I know I'm kind of weirded out right now at the moment, too. I mean, I'm very troubled when I said that one of you is going to betray me. I know this is kind of weird. In fact, y'all are all going to freak out before the night's over. It's all good. There are many mansions. There's a place for you. And you know what? It's not even I'm going to go off and you're going to have to find your way there. It's not even going to be a matter of that. You're going to have to devote yourself to that perfect narrow course of service so that you actually earn your way there. No, I'm going to come back and bring you. And, you know, I mean, that's okay, because you all know the way. You know the path. You know the, 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 the way things flow. And then good old Thomas says, Huh? <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? Lord, we, we don't even know where you're going. How do we know the way? And what she just points out, dude, who's the way? I'm the way. Verse 6 is one of the, the great profound verses of John, and it plays off of so much other stuff in John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, where does that word, the way, come up in the rest of Scripture? Well, I mean, it comes up in, in Acts and things as they're persecuting followers of the way. It comes up in Exodus 
as the way out, hadas. Right, right. The 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 word way is first of all, it ends up being the initial name of the church. There are those who are on the way, who are on Christ. But it also has that that whole um, idea of the entirety the entirety of the course of your life. Mm-hmm. The 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 going in the proper way. Oh, that the Lord would guide my ways. Right. And, and Jesus saying, "Look, your your entirety of your life, the entirety of the direction, the direct everything you do in service, every every movement, every flow that you take is actually along me. That that I'm the center of. When, when I say you're going to love one another as I have loved you, yeah, you don't get to remove. It's not as though I'm out of that equation." No, no, you're you're going to love me as I have loved you because I am the way and I'm going to shape and guide your life, your the path, the flow of your life. Mm-hmm. All right? Then we get that Jesus says that he is the truth. Uh, uh, where does that come up? Can you think of other places in the scripture where truth comes up? In, or I'll even put this narrower. In other parts of John's gospel or John's writings where truth comes up. Mm. This is a really easy question, and I'm just... If we say we have no sin... Ah, there it is. We deceive deceive ourselves ourselves and... The truth is not in us. Right, right, right. We're not truthful. The truth, Christ is not in us. Uh Uh-huh. Why? Because, again, the whole point, the whole... How how does Christ love us? Well, he gives up his life so that sinners are forgiven. If we say we have no sin, we're saying we have no need of Jesus. Ooh. Well, and of course, you also get Pilate's going to mention the word truth. What is truth? I I don't get what's going on here, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get that whole contrast. Truth is not just these are right and accurate. No, it's the <laughs> the great truth of salvation. It is the fulfilling of the plan of salvation. And then you also have Jesus being the life. What does that mean? Well, when we think of our life, it really isn't our life as though we are the source of it, the the masters of it. No, our life is Christ. Christ is the one who gives us life. Uh, think on think on the first article of the creed. What does the first article of the creed mean, Thomas? Dun dun dun. <clears throat> Insert posts. Post-production recording. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that God has made me. Mm -hmm. That he has given me my eyes, ears. That he has given that I am a steward of all these gifts. That he that he continues to protect and preserve me. That as long as I live, it's because God is making me to live. In fact, even after I die, should I die before he returns, he is going to make me to live again, and he is going to make me to live forever. Why? Because Christ is the life, and Christ doesn't do things temporary. Your life is in Christ. Therefore, as he is eternal, as he lives and reigns to all eternity, what does that say about you as Christ is your life? You live and reign to all eternity. You don't have to prove anything, Peter, by laying down your life for me. I, I, no, no, no. Life is my ballywick, and I give it to you because that, that's <laughs> what I do, because I, I, I'm Jesus. That's awesome. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I give you existence. I give you forgiveness. I shape the way you go about everything because everything is Christ for you. 
guys, yeah. Crucifixion is going to be scary, but guess what? It gives you life, salvation, the way, everything. It's all, it's all going to be done for you. That's awesome. In fact, it, it, it's all good for you guys. Remember this. It, it's going to be all good. It, in fact, eventually, they're going to start calling this day Good Friday. <laughs> but hard to see at the moment. Yeah. Sometimes hard to see for us. But this is the great truth, O oh Christian, O oh listener. Christ Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And he is the way, the truth, and life for you. And your sins are forgiven. And you have life in his name. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. God grant, ah, grant, uh, God grant that we evermore remember this. Oh, remember not the sins of my youth or my inability to speak. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Wow.